Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan. And joining me today is Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com and from Irish Footy Vlogs, it's Keith Fitzsimons. Well, the First Division hasn't even started yet and over the last week the drama has been immense. Finally, we got some clarity on who was in and who didn't make the cut. Treaty United got approval, as did Shamrock Rovers too, and newly founded Dublin County, and they were all set to take that 12th place in the division until Morton Stadium pulled out of any potential hosting of games, leaving the Dublin County side homeless and therefore not meeting the criteria needed. Keith, this whole thing was just bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah, it was back and forth and back and forth, and to be honest with you, I was hearing a lot of different things um, every couple of days that you know, it was going to be a 10-team league with Treaty in it, and then it was going to be a 12-team league with Rovers B, and obviously Dublin uh, County added to that. And, um, you know, I was getting mixed up myself, to be honest, because I didn't know what way it would go. But, um, you know, Dublin County were very close, as you mentioned there in the, in the intro, kind of, to, to getting in. Like, it's just because of uh, Morton Stadium and that. So they'll be disappointed with that. But seemingly everything else went right for them. And um, from their point of view... I think it's, it's not necessarily back to the drawing board, but there's always next year, and I expect them to come back strong next year with, um, with a good package, you know? Nathan, there was a lot of talk that the FAI didn't want Shamrock Rovers 2 or any other second-string teams in the first division, that last year was to be a one-off. That's what they really wanted. Do you think there's some connection with that, though, and how the league eventually shaped up into a 10-team league? Um. Not sure, really. I, 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 in fairness, you did say from the outset last year, like, like you said about Shamrock Rovers 2, that it was a once-off sort of a, a, a gap filler more than anything else. I did see a bit of a conspiracy theory online that it would that maybe the FBI they had the fixture list released the 19 fixture list, so Treat United now can slot into that uh, idle position. That maybe it cost it'd be too much of a headache to to redo the fixtures for a 12-team league. So, let's make it out what you will. You can put that tinfoil hat on for that one, boys. But, um, yeah, if we're, going, if we're going to be saying that there was going to be a reason for the FBI to, to leave it at the 10 and leave it just with three United coming in, that could definitely be one reason why. But, eh, okay, obviously, Shamrock Rovers here, somewhat understandably frustrated with being left out. There was even announced themselves uh, a couple of days ago that they received their licence. It's been quite the saga and, Something that you you wouldn't mind seeing an old uh, Netflix <laughs> documentary career or something coming in because the past couple of days, Jesus, same with Keith. Like I've been here, I was here in Netflix and Centre and trying to keep up with this whole thing was absolutely impossible. But I think First Division fans will, will be happy with a bit of clarity. And look, the League of Ireland fans in general here will be happy to see Treaty United come back into the league of the uh, county like Limerick. You know, it's, it's, it's good to see them having a, a senior men's League of Ireland side back in business and. Hopefully they can learn from the mistakes of the last uh, incarnation of Limerick and they can move on from there because you have a passionate manager and uh, Tommy Barry who sticked around to tick and tail last time out. So if you can slowly build, you never know. It'd be great to see them become um, a steady force in the league. Yeah, I'm delighted to see Treaty back, uh, Limerick side back and Treaty coming in. Just the whole thing of Morton and in the 12th hour jumping ship, it just... It feels strange, it feels odd, I don't know why, it just does. We were always hear that line 
Keith that there's too many clubs in Dublin. Is that an argument that's valid or not? I don't. Like, there is and there isn't. Like, you know, I've seen this people say that Dublin County is potentially coming in as an example, and people have put up the argument and, um, you know, get a team from Mayo, get a team from Mead, get a team from Kerry, whatever. But there's no team available for Mayo, Mead, and Kerry to actually uh, step up to the plate. So I don't, I don't see what the issue is. Um, we'd like to see more teams, I think, countrywide. I think absolutely we've lost a lot of teams like that. But if, if there's another team from Dublin or near the Dublin region, you know, that are you know, capable of coming into the league and actually doing something and follow the procedure, etc., etc., I personally don't see that as an issue at all, to be honest with you. No, and you look at the game around Dublin, it's, it's huge. You look at the amount of clubs London does have, it's just the way major cities are with the bigger population. You're just going to have them teams. And it's not as if half the league is, is from Dublin, Nathan. No, it's not. I, I used to say I agree with Keith himself. It's, um, yeah, in theory, it would be great to have clubs uh, like distance out between the country. But the fact is, they're not applying. And they're not showing any genuine interest. So as good as it would be to say, oh, it would be great to have a team from Kerry and Mayo and Tipperary or whatever it may be. They're just not showing any interest, so it's, it's not happening at the minute. So, the whole argument of there's too many Dublin teams, yes, there, there is a, 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 quite a few Dublin teams, but it's, it's better for the league to have because the more teams in the league, the better it is overall. So, in my opinion, I know it's probably people that say, like, obviously, like the last one, Dublin has taken up for the Dublin teams, but I'm of the mindset that, yes, I, I'd, I'd be happy enough just to see, even if it was, was Dublin County coming in this season, just the more steady teams. In the league, it, it, it improves teams, and it's only going to be a benefit. And I think it's like we do probably think Dublin County will come back next year, and it might be the better team for them because it's always going to be difficult for a side like Dublin County coming in this season. Obviously, with no fans allowed, it's going to be tough enough to build up a fan base in Dublin as it is with with Morton Stadium so close to Stadium Mount Park and Polka Park. So who knows? A couple of better changes to hand off the next season when fans can come in, and it might be a steadier building block for Dublin County to build on. Keith, Treaty United have a lot of work to do between now and the start of the season. Didn't really have any players. We talked to Tommy Barrett there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, anyone who hasn't listened to that podcast, uh, listen back to it. It's going to be hard for him to do anything this year, isn't it? Yeah, like Treaty United, Roy, I think they'll just be happy to get their foot in the door to be honest this season and hopefully build the following season. That's what it's about. Let's build some blocks for them now. Learning their mistakes in the past. Obviously, it's a different club as such. But uh, I think Nathan alluded to it earlier. Tommy Barrett, like he's a proper footballing man. He's a, a Limerick man. He, he knows the scene down there. And um, I think they'll probably get in a lot of local lads beyond this season. And, and it's going to be a strong first division as well. So I think, to be honest, if they finish ninth, I think it's a seriously successful season. But technically, it's going to be a successful season anyway because they've got their foot in the door. They can build blocks, build foundations, and move forward from that. Similarly, maybe to the way Kevin Keeley did over the last few years as well, I think. Yeah. Okay, well, we watch this space. It's going to be an entertaining first division this year. And uh, there was some great news for the League of Ireland fans. With Watch LOI looking like it's going to return at least until the summer or middle of the summer. Nathan, what do we know about it so far? Yeah, this is another one similar to the first division. It was quite a saga. And will it happen? Won't it happen? There was talks that it wasn't going to happen due to the disappointing figures of last season and that individual clubs might look at doing their own 
individual piece of streaming. But now it looks like we're going to have Watch League of Ireland returning. As you said, it looks like the service is going to be returned till uh, the mid-season break. It's uh, in June, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, lads. Probably it's good to see coming back, you know. Um, I was probably a little bit critical sometimes to watch League of Ireland last season. And I put up an article over a while ago about changes that could be made. So it would be... It, it sort of has to be improved because I think at times I find it a little bit nice about it. You know, it was great to have that service, but there, there were some serious hidden issues that would need to be ironed out. But yeah, just some of the figures of last year, it was um, 11,000 subscribers paid for the service with only 4,700 getting a season pass. So if you look at them numbers, plus 300,000 euro uh, production costs uh, last year, uh, that's the reason why RTE have only decided to pick it up until the mid-season break and that apparently doing it for the full season was completely out of question with all with them figures and with the money and plus you have the Euros and the, and the Olympics coming up this year too so RTE will want to focus all their production uh, and, their, and, and the resources they have going forward on the Euros and on the Olympics so after that sort of it's up in the air what's going to happen after the mid-season break but yeah look it looks like we're going to have it for the open half of the season which it's good enough. Yeah, RTE said they'll provide the cameras for these games until the summer. Then they'll review it. Uh, the possibility of co-commentators is also being explored. The first division matches will also be streamed online, but through a different platform. Plans to install pixel lock camera system currently used by Scottish Championship clubs are in an advanced stage. They're basically their AI artificial cameras so there's no one no no one controlling that they should be uh, across all the first division grounds at no additional cost they said there was one incident though between uh, Inverness and Air United where the AI camera got mixed up with the linesman's bald head for a football and <laughs> continuously tracked him instead of the play so there'll be little things like that so obviously we'll have to get linesmen and referees with a full head of hair <laughs> But the national women's game seemingly will be using these as well. So, Keith, I have seen that more than likely that the cost for purchasing uh, Watch LOI is going to go up. But we can all handle that as long as we're getting it, can't we? I think we can. I think most people that are into it will want to get it. I, I am concerned, though, to be honest with you, that it's only going to June because the Dayton kind of alluded to there about the Olympics and the Euros. I don't like the idea of us getting half a season, if I'm honest, and then the potential of it getting for the rest of the season. And obviously the second part of the season usually is uh, something more important than the first half of the season, really. Um, would it be because, sorry, that, Keith, would it be because maybe crowds are going to get back in then? Yeah, that's what I was going to say that as well. Yeah, that's, they're hoping that's the case as well. Like, that's fair enough. But what marketing strategy do you have as well for last year? You know, no marketing strategy at all put in place for watch LOI was there. So, you know, the other side of it as well is, you know, one house could have three or four fans in a house. We, we don't know really those kind of figures and that as well where four of them would actually pay into the ground wouldn't they, to watch the game. Mm. But, um, look, it's good news in a technical sense and obviously will be reviewed again and hopefully, I just hope that we get it for the second half of the season because I think that would be a huge loss if we don't. Because as I said, crowds may get back in but Unlikely we get more than, you know, the capacity of any grounds like people and the face ticket holders allowed in, to be honest with you. And maybe just a couple of hundred, to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, let's hope, fingers crossed, that we get the first half anyhow and that it is uh, positive and 
every League of Ireland fan out there, even if they're not going to watch every game, just puts the money into it just to get uh, get, get the league up and running again and, and, and watch a bit of football. With what seems to be commonplace these days for professional footballers, Irish players James McLean and Shane Duffy opened up on the abuse they receive online. Keith, is there enough being done to stop this and what can be done? Some of the messages you see that um, people get because they're people at the end of the day, aren't they? Are not the greatest, to be honest with you. Like, it's not... Um, I've said this before personally and I know like it doesn't actually, you know, take the problem away, but personally, within being choose and I was a professional footballer, I don't think I would be on social media. That's a personal thing, though. I think uh, Connolly, he blocked his media recently as well or something. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he blocked his media as well. But there has to be, surely there's a way he can police comments like that and they can be tracked and traced back to people and, uh, you know, they can be banned, at least banned from for life from, uh, you know, the, their accounts. Now, I know they can make up fake names and stuff, and that's an issue as well, but... But surely there's something they can do to actually, you know, stop this. It's a general thing as well. I know we're talking about Irish, terrible. It seems to have gotten worse, hasn't it, over time? This kind of abusive, toxic behaviour. Or is it is it getting worse, Nathan? Or is it just that people are talking about it more? That footballers are are not accepting it anymore, and, and they're kind of letting everyone know. Listen, this is what's going on, and we're kind of tired of it. Well, unfortunately, it's just been commonplace in football for, for the longest time now. And seemingly during the pandemic, so we've seen plenty of cases at home and over in the Premier League too and, and elsewhere and further than that, where whether, whether that be racial abuse, um, James McLean gets plenty of um, abuse for, for, for his stances and people are painting him as anti-British, which he says himself as far from the case. He's uh, living living over in England. He's like to settle there, but probably won't. He said he's going to retired, probably settling in England won't be an option anymore. But it's just it's a shame to see, you know, when people sitting. I'm not trying to make any excuses for these people because a lot lot of the comments are just busting. But, you know, people sitting at home with lockdown, we're seeing a lot of it coming up, and just enough hasn't really been done at all. I was watching, I don't know when you've seen the um, the Mika Richards uh, documentary that he's done. Uh, when Scotty won a couple of weeks ago I had a look and he was looking at it, like that racism of football and what can be done and in fairness to Mika himself he sat down and talked to um, someone that I think was working with Twitter or Facebook somebody was probably up in the company I wasn't really sure I didn't really catch a name or anything and he was asking like no what, what can be done why, why is nobody being held accountable for their actions and why can people just hide behind the screen but a lot of these apparently a lot of these social media platforms walk off a three strike rule so you have to be caught making racial comments or what uh, um, discrimination uh, comments three times. So you can do it as long as you, as long as you like. We have to be caught three times, which isn't enough. It simply isn't done. And we have to get some, whether it be for, from the police or these social media websites, we have to see some concrete action to start making people accountable. Because it's just, especially in this day and age, it's very easy to, to, to be a coward and you hide behind your name or hide behind the screen and and say what you like, because you know you're not going to get any repercussions for your actions, and this is why it's been happening, and, and to be reading some of the comments that uh, what James McLean had to put up with for a long time now, it's, it's sad to see, you know, look, James did make his mistake, now he's done some stuff himself on social media that probably didn't help his cause, but it was probably done out of anger too, you know, 
Like his family, his family are worried. You know, he said he's getting used to the abuse at this stage. Like I said, he probably won't settle in England when he retires. Like another pump of Jerry, he can't even get uh, stuff delivered to his house. All has to get delivered to the club. So it's, it's been a really affected this man's life, and it's, it's, it really is. It's a shame to see, and it's something that we obviously all want to see in football, but. The way things are going there, it's going to take a long time because enough just isn't being done. By like I said, by the police or these social media platforms. Yeah, it's crazy that they'd have a street a three strike rule. I mean, you could have two strikes, close your account down, open up another one. Do you get three more strikes yeah. then? You know, so it doesn't make sense. I can never understand why they don't. There's plenty of things that I've had to do online where you would have to show. Uh, even now, betting accounts, say you haven't a betting account with any of the, the big names, you have to show your passport or prove who you are. I mean, it can't be that hard for, on Twitter to go, listen, you have to show me your passport, uh, whatever, maybe a bill that you have, and that's the only way you're going to get on so- on social media, on Twitter. Or maybe they just don't care. And and the, and the pure fact is, is the more people that's on it, the bigger the, the, the value the company is. Just hit the name the head. They don't care. In my in my view, they really don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's probably. I think that's probably it. And I, and they probably don't. They're not really pushing it that much because it's not really a problem for them. So there's been a fair few ins and outs in this preseason. So who's been the most interesting one so far, Keith? I'll go with you first. Who who who's you who's caught your eye and uh, even any of the latest ones? Yeah, there's a fair few of them, actually. You could be here all day, but uh, I won't be here all day, don't worry. Like, Derry, uh, Parkhouse was one, particularly on a three-year deal. I think that's uh, massive for any club to do, um, outside of Rovers and, and sorry, Dundalk generally, to do three-year deals for players is huge. Uh, he was very successful. He was last there in 2019, wasn't it, Jeff? Um, he scored 19 goals in all competitions. If they can get him to replicate that again or even get close, Derry could do well because strikers, as we know in this league, in the last few years, the real lack of serious quality strikers, in my opinion. So that's one there. I think Joe Hodge as well, the lone sign. I know he's only a young fella, comes with a big reputation. He's an interesting one. He's got Adam O'Reilly of Waterford, who's a young fella as well, and he's come in from Preston alone. So he's one to keep an eye on as well. I would say, um, I have to get past him in here, don't I? Roman Cox, I think he's a fantastic player. A lot of people say he doesn't score too many goals, but he reminds me of, I don't know if anyone remembers Trevor Malloy when he played past. He's a very creative kind of a forward. He works the channels very well, links up play very well, and um, I think he's just a very intelligent footballer. So I like him a lot. Bowles have made a lot of good signings as well. You know, the likes of Harry, Alan, very good players. Um, their full-backs, for example, this season, they'll have Wilson and Pedersen to choose from at left-back. Right-back, they'll have Feeney and Lyons. That's serious strength of depth for Bohemian into the season, I think, despite losing uh, Danny Grant. So there's a lot of ones there. There are one or two for Nate. <laughs> Nathan, you have actually one or two left, I think. So uh, let us know them. And you know what? I'm going to go with the one or two. And I've talked about it already, Roy, actually, on the fourth week of this podcast. I've been very impressed with a lot of the fourth division. Uh, moves that were going on. I think Athlone Town have probably had the best transfer window uh, in the off season. I think they've, they've really strengthened and they're actually becoming a side that who knows he could push for a player opposition. Shelbourne as well brought in some big key players. He's very surprised that they don't see their their for the first position title this season. 
Galway United, it's very interesting to see how they get on under the first full season with John Caulfield. Again, you were chatting away to John there uh, on the podcast last week, wasn't it? And he was very optimistic about the season ahead, and he was a very good side coming together. But the two, um, who did today, actually? I think it's today, yeah, today it would have been. That caught my eye. You know, look, he might not be the, London might not be the most big name player, but I was, you know, it was interesting to see that Ronan Murray, just before he came on, a couple of other hours before he came on, uh, confirmed his nil from Strider Rover to draw the United. Uh, I found it interesting because Ronan Murray actually scored uh, for St. Pat's against Cork City in the friendly a couple of day in the preseason friendly a couple of days ago. He was down at the trialist. So obviously when you see someone at the trialist, you, you might have things he would have shown up at Pat's, but no, he went to drop there. But um, big season for Murray. He, he, obviously when he was at Galway a couple of years ago, he, he was a pretty prolific goal scorer, but they went to Dundalk and went to slow the robots and was struggling with with his form and with injuries, he's in there with a lot of teams. He didn't get much game time on slow the roles at all last year with injury and things like that. So he made a big season this year, and um, Will Rowan and Murray did the kick start, I think. And another one today that I thought was interesting, again, concerning uh, an outgoing player from Slug of Albers, is Junior. Junior leaving Slug of Albers and going to Dundalk, which good sign, in my opinion. He sort of struggled uh, a little bit at, at Dundalk, oh, sorry, at Slug of Albers, but it's always hard for a player to go in, and especially a player like Junior, who wasn't playing much football um, since, since he left Derry City. Uh, to go back to Colchester, so it was it's going to be difficult for him to come in during that half a season and really uh, put his stamp onto that Slugger Rovers team. But now we've got to go into Dundalk now, and it's good, it's good attacking player. You know, they lost a guy in Nathan Ottawa, so he's, he's a similar player to Ottawa. He's very pacey, very silky, but he's probably a bit of a better finisher too. So it might be a bit of an upgrade for Dundalk. And obviously, we said before, Dundalk have brought in a lot of players from outside of the league, which can be a bit risky. So. It's good to see them bringing in someone that knows the league and that does have a, a track record of, of being a good goal scorer when you have a full season under his belt. Obviously, finished up as the top goal scorer with every City back in 2019. So, it could be a going for one Yeah, absolutely. Um, they've had a lot more time to take players in now this year, so it hasn't been as much rush, rush. They could take their time, they could have a look around. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. And Dundalk are... I actually I like Drogheda I like uh, Bray obviously in in the first division I think Bray are bringing in a lot, an awful lot of good players um, so they will be very interesting um, but uh, Dundalk just they, they've caught my attention just because there's so many you know unknowns in there that uh, this could go anyway you know these could blow the league apart or they could just you know mediocrity mid-table mediocrity so I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what happens there okay questions Nathan. Yeah, we do. And I have to make a little bit of... I'm going to rat on myself, lads. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to rat on myself. Uh, I got sent in these two questions a while ago and I sort of sat on them, you know. We were sitting on them and waiting and maybe... Like, one of them I, I, I wanted to do today because we had Keith on I thought it was pretty appropriate. And another one I thought... I, I thought it was a good question but I wanted to wait till, till it was a bit more relevant, you know what I mean? So, we'll get on to the first one. It's first one that's from Ronan Cavanagh. Doing it for Ron, and he, this is his, his couple of questions he sent in now, and he always found them very interesting. So Ronan wants to know, uh, simply, it's probably a question every every person on the podcast gets asked at one stage. But who would be a dream podcast guest, and Keith, who would be your dream guest on Irish Football Blog? I have to go with Roy Keane. How can I not go with Roy Keane? Possible <laughs> 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 to guess, but uh, let's be honest. Like, if you had, it has to be Roy Keane. I mean. 
we were talking earlier on, Nate, and, and the Bruce, that you were saying box office. That's exactly what he is. He's a yeah. word. You know, he wouldn't have to say a word. And you um, could try and provoke him as well, and he probably works well as well. So uh, I, I just couldn't think. It was the first name that came to my head was Roy Keane. So I have to think Roy Keane. People know why, really. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, it's a definite go-to answer. Like even the man's Instagram, he's only three photos up, and I'm loving it already. And I've been campaigning now. I think I said it to Roy before. It's good campaigning to get a little, um, no, probably even the if buddy documentary comedy with himself and Mika Richards. I think that'd be complete money too, and I'd be, I'd be well into that one. Yeah, I think um, I think everyone would love to have sit down and talk to Roy. He's um, He's just, as you said, box office because he's, you know, he's he's got a good sense of humour as well. He's got good knowledge of football, yeah. good sense of humour. He's, you know, he, he knows what he's about football-wise. He knows what he likes. He knows what he doesn't like. So it's good, you know, if you have to pick at that brain. I, I would have loved, um, obviously you can't now, but Jack Charlton would have been another one because he's another one because he's so stubborn and brunt about how he feels about football and those type of characters I, I like. Um, if it's League of Ireland, uh, we haven't talked to, to uh, Keith Long yet, so I'd, I, I, he's one of those people that I don't hear too much about any deeper than how the, you know the end of a match, how the match go, what you think of that, and that was it. Well, I'd love to hear an interview with him. Or obviously, get him on the podcast, uh, and we're working hard to do that. But to, just to t- talk to him about football in general, you know, more of a more of an in-depth thing on coaching and football and, and working with different personalities. So for League of Ireland, he'd be my one. Come on, Keith, you know you're teasing And, and lets the world know um, question two I'll be cancelled don't do that <laughs> <laughs> question two question two is from Shay McGovern and again Shay sent this one in a couple of weeks ago when I thought it'd be interesting give obviously both your opinions but uh, yourselves more you know you're highly involved with, uh, with, with Luke and 
So I thought it'd be interesting to see what you thought about this. But Shea Yak, should grassroots football make a return in line with the League of Ireland? What do you think, lads? Personally, I think that grassroots football should be not back playing football matches, but definitely back training. Uh, the biggest reason why is because, I mean, we can, you can talk about Nathan mental health because you've gone, uh, you can t- discuss uh, the head in the game uh, after I'm finished here and now, but there's so many people who are struggling at home. Kids even at home are bored. They're sick and tired of playing games inside the house. They want to get out. They want to get some fresh air and, you know, they don't even have to go up and, and, and it can all be individual training. Like this is where we had it before. I thought at, from now they would have went to level four and let kids go out and, you know, 15 at a training session, all doing individual stuff. No, you know, no team games stuff, no contact, you know, but they haven't done that. And I think that's a mistake. I think the kids need to be getting out and the kids are going out anyhow. The kids are going out and meeting their friends anyhow and they're going out, you know, but they're, they're, a lot of them now, I've seen it, are just hanging around in gangs and all. now it's getting a bit intimidating around areas and stuff like that. P- kids, there's and there's some kids who have no one near them. Their friends aren't near them. Their friends are from school and they don't have people around the, the estates or, you know, maybe they're down the country and, and they don't have anyone around. So I, I do think that that's the big mistake. So for grassroots, yes, I think they should be back training, allowed to do individual training, uh, but not football matches just yet. I, I, I'd still think you stick that out till maybe, you know, April, May even. No, definitely, definitely. Um, I, and another reason I, I, I wanted to ask that was I just came across um, Lord Celtic had up a, a post on, on, it was on Facebook that that chairperson, uh, David Morty, well, I've actually had the pleasure to, to get to know David I've met him a few times, a very, only, only a young guy, only a similar age to myself, and very passionate uh, football man, and a very nice guy that has, has the heart of educated at Lewis Celtic. Um, he's the main priority, you know, the work he does for the club is fantastic, and he put up an open letter, saying similar to yourself, Roy, that he, he doesn't think that, train, sorry, that matches should be back, but definitely training, and that, you know, you know the, the old, like, not the old saying, but people saying that, if you're going to put 20, 30 kids into a classroom, you should be allowed to put five, ten kids into a training part to get them back mixing and get them back seeing their friends because it's probably during, it's during the pandemic, probably everyone is struggling and everybody is being affected. But I think it's easy to forget about the kids, you know, we just pass them off. Other kids to get over, but they won't, you know, they miss their friends. And like you said, Roy, like they're sitting at home, they're bored now. They need to be out seeing their buddies. They need to be out being stimulated and, and playing a sport and developing and enjoying themselves. They need to be kids. They need to be going out and just enjoying themselves instead of being locked up in the house. So that's another reason I told them. You know, if anyone wants to go over to the lower Celtic Facebook page, it's, it's really it's a great in-depth letter. I don't know justice here, but it really is an interesting read and it makes some very valid points. To maybe there's someone that might not really agree that grassroots football should be coming back and um, I, I, I agree with the fair floor I think it should be back in training form but it really is it, it's good to see and it's great to see people uh, like David that obviously have uh, the schoolboy football um, at the front of their mind and they want to see a return because uh, they're worried about the kids they're worried about the kids that they train and they just want them to come back and start enjoying football and like I said being kids Keto what do you think? Yeah I agree 100% of the two of you guys to be honest which I mean you know, if you go out for a walk or something, you see about 10, you know, kids out in a gang anyway. 
that's one of the things as well. The younger kids, a lot of them are isolated as well. They don't necessarily live in uh, towns or states, and they don't get to see their friends whatsoever. Um, you see playgrounds as well. I mean, how many kids are in the playground every day if the weather is decent as well? So I don't see how they can't go back and play uh, a bit of football in pods of whatever it is, pods of 10. Some, some of these age groups, to be fair, they only have about 15 uh, kids anyway. So, you know, pods of whatever it is, whatever you have to do, seven, if there's 14, whatever. Um, get them kicking up all to each other, interacting a little bit. Like, you know, um, you know, most grounds can get in what they need to get in, you know, to the sanitizers, et cetera, and, you know, put, put gloves on if, it, if they have to, guys. You know, whatever it is, like, you can be done. And to be honest, when it was, this was done the first time, it was done quite well, as far as I could see, um, in, in a number of sports, actually. A number of field sports was done quite well. So I, I think, um, yeah, absolutely, you can't forget about the kids. Um, the kids mightn't say as much, but they, they do, they feel it as well, in fairness. Yeah, um, we're gonna leave that there because uh, it's a good way to end. Uh, we 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 do need you know football back into not even that, but just a little bit of normality back into life. Uh, so um, the government haven't been getting a lot right, and I do think that they're not getting this yeah. one right. So, um, Keith, tell us a little bit about your. You've started up a business. Uh, tell us a little bit about. So they're fruit capsules, they are berries and they were veg capsules. They come in a container, each container, different containers basically. So you take two of them a day. The idea is to bridge the gap. You know, a lot of people, they buy fruit and veg. I do it myself. I do eat fruit and veg as well, but then they're throwing half of it out to be honest with you. And, you know, it's a waste on that. But in these products, you get 10, in the fruit one, for example, you'll get 10 varieties of fruit. In the veg, you get 10 varieties of veg. And the berries, you get 10 varieties of berries as well. Um, and, you know, they're just, they're just there to bridge the gap. They've, they've helped me. Like, I think they're wonderful. They help your mood. They get you more energetic, which in turn motivates you, etc., etc. And, um, yeah, I think they're great, Roy. So uh, that's it, really. Where can they go to get these? Um, well, you can go onto Irish Funny Vlogs. Um, you can give me a message there on the Instagram so just Irish Footy Vlogs if you type that in that's the best way and the easiest way to, to do it there and send me a PM and um, I'll, I'll sort you out any more questions and I'll, I'll sort you out there as well Great stuff Okay Nathan Keith thanks very much and for everyone out there listening thank you very much we'll talk to you next week